Bendigo Business Stories podcast, produced by B Bendigo, acknowledges the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognises the continuing connection to lands, waters and community. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the Elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to our Mental Health and Wellbeing series as part of the Bendigo Business Stories podcast, proudly produced by B Bendigo and supported by the Victorian Government. Wellbeing at work is becoming increasingly important for a new generation of post-pandemic workers. Join me, your host Kimberly Finesse, as we talk to local experts, leaders and business operators about stories of well-being, resilience and good business practices. More and more professionals, and especially micro and small business owners, often operate from the heart of their home. Their path is not without challenges. The isolation, the self-reliance, the financial struggles, and the constant juggling of work, personal, and family life. It's a tough balancing act. That's where this podcast comes in. We're here to tell their stories and to recognise what it takes to not only survive, but thrive in business. We look forward to introducing you to our special guests. Hello, Dean. Thank you for joining me as a guest to talk about youth mental health as part of our mental health and wellbeing series. Thanks, Kimberly. Thanks so much for having me. And yeah, thanks to the B Bendigo crew for having me along. Really excited. I'm excited because uh, I have three teens. And so to talk about youth mental health is, is something that I'm always interested in. I'm obviously watching them very closely as they're growing up and transitioning through secondary school and, you know, friendship groups and obviously coming into to work, which is sort of where you sit. So let's start from the top. Did you want to tell me a little bit about Headspace Bendigo? Yeah, absolutely. So Headspace Bendigo offers free mental health and wellbeing support to young people between the age of 12 to 25. Uh, So we've got four core areas. We've got mental health, physical and sexual health, drug and alcohol support, and vocational support. Um, So yeah, we've got a number of different programs and services to support youth. Uh, We also have our online platform, so we've got eHeadspace and our online work and study and career mentoring program. Uh, So they're run out of Headspace National. Um, But yeah, we've got an amazing team of dedicated professionals um, headed up by a very supportive manager. Um, Yeah, just, and everyone is so passionate about making a difference in, in young people's lives. Um, And we're actually part of Bendigo Community Health Services as well, which not everyone knows that. Um, And I also do want to acknowledge our Youth Ambassador group. Um, So they're a group of young people who are, uh, yeah, aged between uh, 12 to 25, uh, who, yeah, also making a very big difference to our service as well. Mm. So how did you come to be a part of Headspace? Have you always been in this industry? Yeah, so I suppose I'll start with a bit of bit of background. Um, so I'm actually uh, originally from Shepparton, grew up in a, a very loving and supportive family, um, and it's probably not until now that I can sort of fully appreciate uh, the opportunities and, and how lucky I was uh, back then. Uh, so I got the opportunity to go to primary school, uh, secondary school, um, and yeah, mum and dad, I suppose, instilled the values in me that, that I live by today, so I'm very thankful uh, to my parents. Uh, So after completing high school, I came across to Bendigo, uh, completed a Bachelor of Business, um, and then actually ended up working in the insurance industry. Uh, So met some amazing people 
uh, in that industry, who I still keep in touch with today, many of them. And then I actually took some time to travel overseas, uh, over to London uh, with, uh, with my wife, or then girlfriend. Uh, so we, we both actually spent some time working in schools over there. So, and I think that really, um, yeah, developed my passion for working with young people. Um, and it was, yeah, an absolutely amazing experience. Uh, so then upon returning to Australia, uh, I actually worked in a program called Transition to Work um, and then, yeah, ended up uh, working at Headspace. So, uh, yeah, it's been uh, quite a journey, uh, but absolutely, absolutely love it. So insurance to what you do now. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a little bit different. Yeah. That's a very different. Uh, tell me about some transferable skills that you've been able to bring uh, from that industry to what you do with Headspace Bendigo. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it's all about developing relationships, really. Um, you know, whether it's with with young people or, or customers. Um, as part of my insurance role, um, I did actually do a, a disputes resolution uh, role as well, and that was yeah a lot around sort of negotiation. Um, but I think it really comes back to that um, that that customer and you know that relationship building, really. So new data came out recently from the Australian Bureau of Statistics and it shows that mental health disorders in young Australians has surged by 47% uh, over 15 years. Is that what you're observing as well in your role? Do you, can you see that coming through? Yeah, look, I think uh, prior to COVID it was always pretty busy anyway, um, but, yeah, we're certainly seeing an increase in demand for services um, and, you know, a lot of young people are going through a lot of complex challenges at the moment. Um, I'm not sure it's all related to COVID, but, you know, the, the pandemic certainly hasn't helped. Um, and look, we're, we're actually one of the, the busiest regional headspace centres um, in Australia. So I suppose that gives you a bit of an idea of, yeah, how busy we actually are. Um, but, you know, in the, in the work and study uh, side of things, so the, the program that I'm actually in, um, you know, the, the lockdowns have had, I think, a significant impact on young people with, you know, like their communication skills. I mean, it's obviously impacted on education. I mean, young people looking for work, you know, their, their ability to engage with employers face-to-face -face has certainly um, had a bit, bit of an impact. You know, young people wanting to go out and hand out resumes or I, I suppose we've been... You know, so used to sitting behind a computer for, for years that, you know, some of these skills, um, you know, young people are lacking. Um, but, you know, there's, there's many other challenges that, you know, young people are facing as well that aren't always sort of the, the pandemic related, as I said. Um, so obviously mental health is, is a major, major barrier. Um, but, you know, things like housing, financial, um, you know, lack of family support, drug and alcohol use, um, and, you know, transport, I suppose they're just some of the barriers that, um, you know, young people are facing. But I'm, I'm often amazed at, you know, how, how resilient young people are and, and how much that young people, you know, do have to offer and their ability to, to keep showing up and, you know, keep pushing through when the times are tough. Mm. So take us through a day of your work. Um, what does that look like with a young person coming through? What are they looking for support with and, and how would you help them through that journey? Yeah, sure. So as I mentioned, I'm a vocational specialist um, as, 
part of the work and study program. So we support young people between the age of 15 to 25. I mean, just a little bit of background on, on our program. We use what's called the Individual Placement and Support Model, uh, IPS for short. Um, so it's, it's a clinically integrated, uh, evidence-based model assisting young people with their work and study goals. Um, so it was, it was actually developed in uh, the USA to help adults struggling with mental health challenges uh, to find employment. Uh, so, and in 2016, uh, Department of Social Services actually implemented it into uh, 14 Headspace sites Australia-wide, um, and now it's actually in 50 Headspace sites Australia-wide, and it is a, a full program. Um, so I did hear a stat not too long ago that Headspace National, I think it was in about 2015 or 2016, started off with two vocational staff, um, and now there's a, a workforce of about 170 sort of plus Australia-wide. So it is, um, it is becoming more recognised how important, you know, the work and study side of things is to mental health. Um, but I suppose in, in our program, uh, we do things like assisting young people to find suitable employment. Um, it might be helping with job applications, uh, it might be interview preparation and just, you know, connecting young people um, to, to employers, identifying, you know, different career pathways um, and it might also be looking at sort of further study. Um, so it is, it is a very individualised program uh, and, it's, and it's driven by the young person um, and, you know, young people engage with this on a voluntary basis so, so they really do want that help and, and that support and they do want to achieve their goals. Um, but yeah, look, as I said, we, we have an amazing uh, team at Headspace and we work very closely um, with, with the mental health team. Um, and we, we also have a vocational peer support worker. Uh, so uh, she does a lot of work with young people around sort of work prep stuff, um, you know, getting out into the community with young people. Um, yeah, and just sort of developing that confidence um, and using sort of lived experience. So, yeah, look, we've, we've got a fair bit to offer at Headspace. Um, and, yeah, and I'm, and I'm just grateful that, you know, I get the opportunity to, you know, make a difference in young people's lives every day. So you help with resumes and answering key selection criteria. Uh, I know from personal experience, I'm sure our listeners will agree, that it's never a fun thing to do, to put everything on a resume. And I'm thinking if... If this is a really young person, they may not have that career history already. How do you help in that? Like, do their resumes look a little different? Is there ways that you can help them prepare a resume and answer the key selection criteria? And and probably the second part of that is is for an employer. Um, do you have any suggestions on how an employer can adjust their recruitment process to get the best in that interview from that young person? Um, so, yeah, we, we do do a lot of work around, you know, the, the key selection criteria and the resumes. Um, a, a lot of young people, you know, are probably not familiar with that process because, you know, they might not have had that support um, sort of growing up. Um, you know, it's sometimes not taught at school and sometimes they don't have those, I suppose, role models or other support in their life to be able to, um, you know, teach them how to do that. So, yeah, we, we certainly do uh, do a lot of work around that. Um, 
And I suppose with, with employers, um, you know, there, there's a lot of skill shortages around at the moment, as we know. I mean, there has certainly been a bit of a, a shift in, in the labour market. And I think, you know, prior to COVID, we, we'd probably call it more of an employer's market, but now it's probably more of an employee's market where there's, you know, plenty of jobs around. Um, we actually had uh, Headspace Day um, a couple of weeks ago, and the theme actually for that was um, ditching those unrealistic expectations. Um, so I think that can be kind of looked at from, you know, a young person's perspective and an employer's perspective. Um, but yeah, we've, we've been lucky enough to uh, have some good relationships with some local employers around here who have adjusted their recruitment um, to kind of meet the needs of young people. So I suppose, um, you know, things like um, having a bit more informal interviews or just in more of a relaxed environment, because I think sometimes you can get more out of people if it is a little bit of a more relaxed environment and, you know, especially young people might sort of open up a little bit more. Um, but I think another good thing might be even to, you know, not necessarily... Um, include key selection criteria as an employer because, you know, it might sort of attract more more people to apply for the role. Um, and I have also heard of employers um, not actually requiring a resume as part of the, the application process. So it's just looking at different ways that we can kind of break down those those barriers. Um, but look, if, if any employers want to have a chat you know, to us about some of these, yeah, feel free to, to reach out and we'll put our details in the, in the show notes. I'd assume that you get to see a lot of young people come in. Uh, they're at, say, the start of their career journey. You work with them, they go off to an interview and, you know, and you hopefully see them, you know, take that on and, and find their way. Do you have any success stories or anything like that that you could share with us? Yeah, absolutely. I, I could speak all day about success stories. They're really good. Um, I am... Yeah, pretty, pretty passionate about this. Um, but yeah, look, a, a couple sort of come to mind. Um, I have recently been supporting a young person who was completely disengaged, um, I think completed up to about year seven, um, wasn't sort of working or studying at the time that we uh, started supporting them. Uh, but we got them back engaged with uh, Bendigo TAFE. Um, they actually got a couple of jobs uh, since being with us. Um, and yeah, now they're looking at actually going on to study nursing. So, and look, they've, they've faced so many challenges and, and barriers along the way. And, you know, I'm, I'm amazed at how resilient this young person is. So it's stories like that. But, you know, another one that comes to mind, um, a young person who was studying their certificate two in electrotechnology. Um, this young person came to us needing to complete their final placement. Um, and they'd had a couple of bad experiences. Um, they had about a week left um, to be able to arrange this. And, you know, we're, we're pretty anxious to get back on the phone and start speaking to employers. So we helped them get a placement um, and then they actually went on to get an apprenticeship. So it was, that was a, a really good success story. But, but yeah, as you said, like we don't always see the end result, um, but hopefully that, you know, young people um, learn something whilst they are with us, even if they may not, you know, get a, a job or, um, you know, get back into study. Um, yeah, so it is, and, and sometimes it's also about celebrating those, uh, th those outcomes that, 
are a little bit more difficult to measure. Um, you know, it might be that a young person hasn't been able to leave their house, um, but now, you know, they can go out and hand out a resume. So, you know, that, that's hard to measure in a number, um, but it's still a, an absolute massive win. So things like that. Um, but we've also had some really good involvement um, with Be Bendigo and with, uh, with, with the Grow Mentor Program that was um, run in conjunction with City of Greater Bendigo. And I did actually have a young person who uh, was part of that and actually got to um, have, have a tour of Bendigo and Adelaide Bank, which, you know, is probably something that sounds so small, but to them it was, it was massive. You know, they, they hadn't had that opportunity before to actually be able to do that. So, you know, as I said, celebrating those, those small wins um, are important. Um, and look, I've, I've had young people say a number of different things to me throughout the time I've been doing this role. Um, a couple of quotes that come to mind, um, you know, everyone believed in me, but I just needed to believe in myself. Um, and I think that just goes to show um, you know, th these young people have got so many skills, but sometimes just really need to uh, believe in themselves and just need that little bit of encouragement and support. Um, and, and another one was, you know, I want to be the only person in my family that makes something of themselves, and I will, I will never forget that. Um, and I think it really demonstrates that, you know, these young people are, are willing to get out there and, and give it a good crack. Um, but the, the one that really sticks in my mind is, um, you know, th this program has not only changed my life, it's saved my life. Um, so, you know, it, it, to me that is just so powerful and is always a reminder of why I actually do this work because, you know, we're not only changing lives, we are potentially saving lives as well. Mm. I can't imagine that. It must be such a rewarding job. So tell me, from an employer aspect, what are the advantages of hiring a young person? As I mentioned before, young people certainly have a lot to offer. Um, so they often bring you know, a sense of enthusiasm, uh, new ideas. Uh, young people are often pretty tech savvy. Um, I know I'm always learning a lot of, of young people, whether it's Snapchat, TikTok, like all these programs I can't keep up to date with, or you know, helping me fix my computer. Um, you know, they bring, you know, they, they might have different connections and they've often got a really big willingness to learn um, and, you know, uh, I suppose diversity to the workplace. Um, I think there's still a lot of negative perceptions out there that, you know, young people don't want to work or they're lazy or, um, you know, perceptions like this. But, you know, from what we see, young people certainly willing to give it a good crack and, and you know, have a lot to offer. Um, but I think there's also a negative perception around, you know, people with mental health conditions can't work as well. Um, but, you know, we know that it's, it can be an important part of, of the mental health recovery. Um, and, you know, there's, there's also a lot of employees out there that may not necessarily have disclosed mental health conditions. Um, so if they are actually linked in with a support service like Headspace, well, they're, they're actually getting support and, you know, it's probably going to actually benefit that organisation um, as well. But look, there's, I mean, it's amazing when you do actually talk to employers or other community members, um, you know, how much they can often relate to us. And we know that mental health doesn't discriminate um, and that 
people have often had a personal experience, um, you know, dealing with mental health challenges themselves, whether it's, you know, through family or, yeah, or themselves. Mm -hmm. I imagine that your job is uh, pretty heavy some days, you know, listening to to people's stories and, and the struggles and challenges that they face. How do you manage your mental health and wellbeing? Yeah, sure. It, it is important um, to take good care of yourself. So myself, I, I enjoy reading, I enjoy walking, I enjoy spending time with the family. I mean, I think just having a laugh, to be honest, like, Life can be really serious, and we can we can all get caught up in that in that process. Um, yeah, but I think just you know taking some time out for yourself, uh, reflecting, um, and a bit cliche, but you know stopping to smell the roses. Um, yeah, it is it is important to stop, otherwise you will burn out. Um, but on, on saying that, I've I've actually just introduced my well tried to introduce my uh, two kids to some meditation. Um, and my kids are ages one and four, so you can imagine how that how that goes. So they'll sit with me for a good five to ten seconds, and then go, "Dad, why are we doing this?" Um, but yeah, look, it, it's all yeah. I think it's all part of having a laugh as well, and and not taking life too serious. Oh, look, little ones, it's just about, you know, routine and consistency. Eventually you'll get 20 seconds and then you maybe get 30 in a minute. So keep persevering, Dean. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, I will. (laughs) Look, uh, with our guests, we ask uh, one question. It's my favourite question to ask and that is, if you had an ask, what would it be? Um, So I think my one ask um, would be that employers consider hiring young people who may not have the specific experience that they're after. Um, you know, they may need a little bit of extra support, um, but you never know. You might actually just change a young person's life by doing so. Um, so, yeah, just something to consider. It's always about helping people get their foot in the door. That's what I find sometimes. They just need their foot in the door to be able to, to prove what they're capable of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and if I could just uh, leave on one final quote that I, um, that I do actually think is really relevant. Um, it is a, a quote by Winston Churchill. Um, and it is, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. And I think to me that just kind of sums up life in a way and, yeah, something that I kind of reflect on um, throughout life. So, um, but look, if, if any listeners want to reach out, um, yeah, you can find us at Headspace on, on Paul Mall. Um, our number is 54061400. Um, but yeah, jump on our website. Um, but we're always open to having a chat, um, learning more about businesses. Um, and yeah, we, we want to support where we can as well. So thank you. Fantastic. I think that's a great quote to, to wrap us up. And the work that the whole team do at Headspace Bendigo is incredible. Uh, you know, I'm a fan of watching all the social media and, and how you just get out in the community and support young people is really admirable. So thank you, Dean, for being a guest. We'll include a lot of resources uh, because Headspace has a fantastic website that both, you know, parents, students and employers can jump on and, and find something there for themselves. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please let us know by leaving a review via our socials or connecting with us online at bbendigo.com.au.